and well, that was quite dramatic, wasn't it? Just turn it back up. Hey, welcome to the Man O'Clock Show, a podcast that tackles men's mental health with more gusto than your morning organic soy decaf bocca turmeric latte. Fewer side effects than your dad's Brute 33 aftershave. The spray on. <laughs> Love it. Oh, what a week. This is my favourite part, well, part of the week, but I'm your host. <laughs> oh, really? I've done a good job this week, have I, folks? So sorry. I'm your host, Nick Mayer, your Sherpa through this mountain rage of life. The guy that your dog loves. Absolutely loves, but your cat, well, that bastard thinks I'm overrated. And there he is again. Oh, what a week. What a week it's been, but what an episode it's going to be. Let me tell you, we have Donna Thistlewaite. She is one of the most amazing women you'll ever talk to, and I had the privilege of talking to her. Now, let me just preface this with a little bit of a warning for you that, thank you, there could be a bit of a trigger warning in this episode. Uh, Very, very important that... I am open and honest about this one. Thank you. I'm not making light of it, but it is a discussion around a suicide attempt, and it could get a little bit traumatic for those of you that may have had experience with that or known someone and so forth. So I just wanted to put it out there that it is a bit of a trigger warning. Very, very, very important that you're aware of that. So moving along, we are going to have a very good discussion for about 40 minutes with with Donna and her lived experience and how she has survived and thrived, if you like, and her impact on men's mental health as well as mental health in general, in particularly in the Brisbane market and what she does with mental health first aid and psychosocial hazards and all those sort of fun things that I also do. And it's just a wonderful story to listen to and she's so positive and and happy for someone that's been through so much so let's go find her and see how we go that's perfect timing for that to end and we've got donna we found her in the foyer so let's are you ready to step into the elevator sure let's go Oh, there it is. And we got the elevator music. Over to you for your elevator pitch. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, Nick, I don't know. I, I'm a woman on a mission to create thriving individuals, communities, and workplaces, I would say. Uh, I do this predominantly through speaking and training on mental health and resilience. Um, you, you mentioned that you'd like me to share about my essence. I, I would say my essence is actually joy i i naturally feel quite joyful i'm very grateful for that um when i'm quiet um people can start to worry about me because generally i'm quite um enthusiastic and effervescent have quite a lot of uh, energy and yeah i'm really sort of passionate about the work that i do and making a difference i love to work with organizations who are open to creating safer workplaces and yeah awesome all right let's uh let's get out of the elevator and and step onto the rooftop bar as 
Leanne Hughes described it last week. Um, <laughs> I previously called it the penthouse, but she said, oh, rooftop bar. I thought, oh, done. Uh, so, no, yeah, Leanne, I like Leanne. She's great. Yeah, yeah, lovely. And she was so, so happy uh, on the on the call last week. So that was really good. So, yeah. okay, so we've got the elevator pitch out of the way and you yeah. have quite a remarkable personal journey with, with mental health. Did you yeah. want to share your insights from uh, 2012? I know it's pretty big. So I guess uh, <laughs> let me just reiterate the trigger, yeah. that, trigger warning that I had in the intro to the show that um, – yes. Donna and I are going to be talking about suicide uh, and a suicide attempt. So please um, bear that in mind that it could be quite triggering. Um, if you need to pause it or, or move away, um, yeah. totally up to you. So Donna, over to you with your, your personal yeah. journey. So uh, fast forward 2012, I'm a corporate HR professional, um, 16 and a half years in the organisation I was at and was uh, involved in a project and uh, responsible for a, a new team in the business and had a little two-year-old at home. I was working part-time and I had an argument with somebody who worked for me and it pretty well set off a chain reaction for me. Wow. Uh, all of my old sort of trauma, my old stories came back and um, I just started to really struggle. I had been giving, I guess, uh, managers uh, support advice on how to be better leaders for a long time. And when this happened, I really just started to doubt myself that yep. the sort of discussion come argument occurred in the open plan office where everyone could hear everything. Oh. And I fe had felt really embarrassed and probably mm. humiliated, really. Yeah. And yeah, unfortunately, I got myself into quite a dark place where I lost sight of everything that was good about me. And when I walked away from conversations, I had these stories in my head that people thought that I had no idea what I was doing, that I was a failure. And unfortunately, I didn't reach out to anybody. Yeah. I. I was just concerned that I would be broadcasting that I was a failure. And um, so I kept it to myself. And in a relatively short time, um, things had sort of spiraled out of control. Yeah. Um, I will say my partner was away at the time. Uh, so he wasn't around to sort of witness what was going on. Yeah. He was on a road trip, had never been on a boys sort of trip the whole sort of, sort of four years back then I think we've been together yeah. and so I didn't want to spoil his trip and my boss at the time uh, was overseas and so I often sort of think of it as a perfect storm yeah like it the was sort cheese of model all the holes lining up at once sort of thing mm, yeah yeah this sort of collision of my history with a particular challenge and yeah, yeah it wasn't uh, wasn't a great mix. And so I don't hold my previous employer responsible or even the person that I mentioned uh, having the argument with because I think a different person with a different history would have yeah. responded very differently. Um, yeah. But, yeah, having said that, I do think yeah. it's a great idea to be kind to everybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I basically got myself to a point where I decided that I was uh, going to get the sack from work, um, which, as I said, 
that's very unlikely when you've had yep. 16 plus years of good performance, but yep. that's what our mind can do, right? Our mind can yep. take us to some pretty crazy places and yeah. And I loved my job. I, you know, I had gone to uni in my late twenties. So it was a bit of a late bloomer and yeah. my career was a key part of my identity and yep. yeah, to fail it, that was super challenging for me. And I just thought I was going to be a bad role model for my son. And yeah, it was just sort of more than I could handle. And I just couldn't work out how to move forward. Yeah. I, I couldn't see that things could be good again. I yep. just, I could only see sort of darkness. And yep. unfortunately, I made a decision to end my life. And yep. Yeah, and then on, on the 12th of August, um, which was sort of two days after I made the decision, I went to the Story Bridge uh, yeah. and I left off, leapt off the bridge yeah. and, yeah. yeah, woke up hours later in hospital. I'm very shocked to be there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, bro- yeah, had broken lots of bones, five, ver- five vertebrae and a rib and I lacerated my liver and... So I was in a lot of sort of physical sort of pain and, yeah, and yeah. injury. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I would later realise that, you know, that stuff can all be sort of patched up pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I had to actually work on my mind, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what was the process after that? Did you get professional help after that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, I was pretty keen to get out of hospital as yeah. as quick as I could. You know, I'm not a fan of hospitals. Um, yeah. And I did end up spending a week in the public mental health unit. I'd sort of gone home with the agreement that I would stay in contact um, with yeah. the medical professionals. And, and they sort of reached out and said, look, you know, we think you should... Um, you know, consider this option. So I went there thinking maybe I would find answers and sort of understand how all this had happened. And yeah. and I went there and, and, you know, I'm not being critical of them, but, you know, that I sort of just felt like um, I was on suicide watch there. And, and yeah. so, you know, after a week or 10 days, I was like, okay, I do need to get on with my life. And, yeah. um and I'm really, really fortunate, I would say, Nick, that when I was admitted to the uh, mental health unit, the nurse told me that if I had died by suicide, that my son would be at greater risk of suicide in his lifetime. Yes. Yes. And so she actually said, um, like, 50% greater risk of suicide. And yes. so I haven't been able to sort of confirm that statistic, but I, yep. I, I've definitely confirmed that he would be at higher risk. And so yep. for me, it was like, okay, well, that's not an option. Yep. Um, and they actually connected me up with a psychiatry registrar who I then went on to see every Friday afternoon for a year. And, yeah. uh, and that was helpful. And I've got yeah. a few insights out of that. And, yeah. and then, yeah, ultimately I left my corporate job. I just had the thought that for something like this to happen, maybe I'm not on the right path. Yeah. And yeah, I um, decided to study career coaching uh, the following year. I did a grad cert in career coaching yeah. and I, I knew I didn't want to start again. Like, you know, I'd had a fairly extensive HR career and, you know, it had a lot of joy from that. And 
I was like, I don't want to go back to square one. I know I want to still help people. And career coaching felt like a way to sort of use some of those great skills I had and, and build on them with some new expertise as well. Yeah. And so then I, yeah, I set up my own business at the end of 2013. So, yeah. And still yeah. going and to I, this day. Yeah. So I've been 10 years self-employed. Yeah. Which feels like a bit of an achievement sometimes. Achievement. It's not Absolutely. an easy path. Yeah. 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 And what have you found the most challenging with having your own business as a, as a bit of a side <laughs> question? Um, I can't yeah, answer that myself. Sure. It, how have you found that? Has there been any one thing that has really stood out for you that you think that uh, you'd wish you'd known before you'd started your own business? Uh, maybe that you'd never work so hard in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just yeah. that it's it's difficult to switch off and and especially if you're a small operation because most of the time it's just me and so that means you've got lots of hats on and, and so you do need to have really good boundaries um I think I was thinking well you know I'll have better work-life balance and be able to spend time with my son and whatever um I think uh often sort of corporate allows that much better than uh self-employment yeah absolutely totally agree with you there um, yeah, so look, thank you so much for opening up and sharing that story because that is that is phenomenal. I don't think I've met anybody that has gone through what you've been through um, mm. at, at to, to that level, certainly with my own experience. I didn't quite get to that stage of walking mm. to the Story Bridge. Um, yeah. So I'm just absolutely so in awe of your bravery and courage to be able to share that story. So thank you. Um, so in terms of since that time and, and your recovery, yeah. what are some of the strategies that you've you've adopted? I know that you you ride a bike quite uh, extensively. So I ride a bike, yes, yeah. and a mad cyclist. Yeah. yeah. So what what are some of those strategies that you have yeah. that you'd like to share that that have helped you yeah. with? And obviously, everyone says, "Oh, exercise, right diet, sleep, and yeah. all that sort of stuff." So, has there been things sure. that have really stood out for you? Yeah. Look, I have a really big. Uh, I guess, self-care resilience toolkit. And, yep. and I highly recommend that for everybody because, you know, the more we have in that toolkit, the greater the likelihood that we're going to be able to respond to the challenges we experience in life, right? Uh, so cycling is a very big part of my life. Uh, interestingly, I wasn't doing it at the time when I had my mental health crisis uh, yeah, okay. because I had a two-year-old and cycling happens very early in the mornings. Uh uh, I think uh, seven years after I fell pregnant, I was back on the bike and, uh, you know, have been loving that ever since. I think it's been close to seven years that I've been wow. back on. Yeah. So I tend to do that a few times a week and uh, I feel so grateful to have a form of exercise that is actually just a pleasure for me. Yeah, okay. uh, You're going to get I scared don't... of the cars? <laughs> What's that? You don't get scared of the cars on the road? No, I don't actually. No, yeah, okay. I just see it as it's part of the experience. And if I want to do this, that's yeah. the risk you take. But yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that lots of people, we do, you're right, we talk about exercise as a strategy. But, you know, some people tell me how they drag themselves off to the gym or, you know, it's so yeah. hard. And, yeah. and I'm like, well, maybe just keep going to the gym, but maybe explore some other things that bring you joy and yep. are a form of exercise. So I yep. think it can be finding the right exercise for you. Maybe it's Zumba at the gym. Maybe yep. it's tennis. Maybe it's near dancing. Maybe it's golf. But what is it that actually is a form of exercise that brings you joy? Because that's yep. what cycling does for me. Yeah, I guess I, in the, um, the workplace sessions that I do, I don't actually mention the word 
exercise. I say movement and that seems to get a little bit of a resonation, if you like, with some people that, oh, yeah. exercise is such a dirty word. Whereas if you say movement, yeah. It, yeah, it changes the whole perspective. Well, for me anyway. Um, yeah. Now, you, with your cycling, it's something obviously you enjoy and you do regularly. Is there a, a set regime that you have to do that uh, form of movement? Or yeah. uh, are you lucky you're part of a group? Is there some sort of yeah. discipline um, within or outside of you that keeps you going? Yeah, look, I, uh, I have a routine. And yeah. I think the best resilience practices are the ones that we've embedded into a routine because yeah. they then just become yeah. part of who we are. Yeah, what absolutely. We do. Yeah. So, so generally Tuesday or Wednesday I'll cycle. Um, yeah. Sometimes that's in the gym, yeah. uh, like, on, like a spin class. Yeah, but right. Friday, uh, what's that? Yeah, great. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yep. And because that's great because it doesn't require fine weather. You yeah. know, I can always go to the gym if it's wet. <laughs> yeah. um, and then on Fridays, I ride with a group of uh, guys I used to work with. And some of them, you know, I started riding with or was riding with about 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I had that big break. But I yeah. love riding yeah. with them. Most yeah, of good. us have now left our previous employer. Um, a lot of them are retired and yep. yeah, so I love riding with them on Fridays yeah, and good. then yeah, on Sunday I ride with a, a group from a bike shop. So it's pedal heads out at Brendale yep. and again, I've been riding with them for about seven years and I love it. Yeah, you know, they, they sort of become your, your part of your family. Yeah. 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 The, the, the village, the village. Yeah. yeah that's, that's fantastic. Totally. And you've, you've attended the, the monthly Merry Meander that, that I do every yeah. Uh, every month so thank you yeah. for, for giving up your your cycle buddies <laughs> for, to come to the come to the walk which is fantastic so yes. yeah that's that's great I'm just really curious um, and I, I'm very glad that you were able to tell us about the uh, the regime that you have every week and you and you stick yeah. to it by the sounds of it because yeah, I think that's a hard thing for most people that may be experiencing some uh, common mental illness that just forget their routine and yes. uh, are there any other strategies that you use to try and stay um, on on track how do you yes how do you so it? i don't know if i told you about my gratitude practice i feel like i've told the whole world about it but <laughs> i just value it so yeah. much nick so yeah. uh, every day i text uh three things i'm grateful for yeah. to a, a group of uh four other ladies yep yeah, yep yeah. and it's been going six years wow uh, this month yeah. so yeah i mean it's yeah. amazing it's yeah, been yeah. fairly con well pretty well consistent that whole time yeah there'll be times when people drop off here and there or maybe miss a day yeah. but it's yeah. incredible how uh, like consistent how ongoing that's been that's awesome. um yeah. i love gratitude mm. i I expect you and, and some of your audience will be aware of, or maybe all of them, um, Brene Brown's work. Yeah, so, yep. yeah, Brene Brown uh, talked, I think it was in Dare to Lead, but certainly one of her books, she said that this particular group of people that they uh, looked at, I, I think they were, they were part of a study group, yeah. um, but it wasn't specifically about gratitude, but they discovered that 100% of the people who identified as joyful in this group yep. had a gratitude practice. Wow, okay. 
I know, right? And she said, look, it's not an attitude of gratitude because lots of us have that. She said it's an actual practice. So I'm a massive fan of gratitude. It's got some science behind it now. There's Mm. that evidence base. But, you know, I really do believe that every day isn't good, but there is good in every day. Absolutely. Love that. Yeah, I know that's not my original quote. I saw it on the oh, wall. Oh, you could have claimed it. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, I told someone about it yesterday and they said, it's it's that Anon. It's yeah. that prolific quota Anon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, we love Anon. Um, yeah, but, you know, you probably know we've got that part of our brain called the RAS, the reticulator activating system, and it basically tunes into whatever we pay attention to. So yeah. if yeah. we're thinking to get a, a new red Mazda, we see them everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, they were all Ford Ranger, there. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the RAS is tuned in. Yeah. That's what can happen with gratitude. Yeah. The RAS tunes into the good things. And Love so that. we see more good things. Um, so, yeah, just I'm a massive fan of gratitude. And I think, you know, my practice is great. Uh, because you've got accountability. Some people are expecting to receive your gratitude. You get a reminder. Years ago, I used to write in a diary, but I sometimes used to forget and remember in bed. Um, But then also with this practice, you actually get to witness other people's lives. And I had no idea that was part of it. I heard about it um, from... On a podcast, a woman called Pam Grout spoke of it. She has this yeah. great book called Thank and Grow Rich. And <laughs> when I heard, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. Um, when I heard about it, I was like, oh, my gosh, that sounds amazing. That sounds just like what I need. Yeah. Um, but she didn't talk about that mega dose of gratitude. And so when I realized what was happening, I was so excited because I thought, we hear a lot about vicarious trauma, but we don't hear about vicarious joy. And I yeah, realized that that's that. exactly what I was experiencing, other yeah. people's joy. Yeah, that's oh, that's fantastic. I actually do something similar myself for yeah. two friends every morning at 7 o'clock. I've even got a reminder in my calendar to, to send them three things I'm grateful for. Or even when I'm not, I still yes. it, it forces you to think, oh. What am I grateful for? What's some of the good, you know, in my life, even if it's simple as a dog cuddle or something? It yes. works. You're, you're, you're spot on. So maybe Literally. I need to grow that group to, <laughs> to more people than just two. So that's fantastic. Yes. When um, we're not feeling it, that's actually when we need it the most, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because that can help shift us. That can help yeah. us move more into that state we want to be in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, the gratitude's really big for me. Yeah. Um uh, Breathing, stopping and breathing. Oof. So yep. I, I'm... I'm a big fan of experimenting with breathing techniques. Yep. Lately, I've been doing this heart coherent breath, which is wow, okay. five five seconds in through the nose, five seconds out through the nose. Um, yep. A coach that I've, yep. I sort of do a weekly session with, he uh, recommends that. Uh, I'm also a fan of box breathing. Yep. So it's yep. that four seconds yep. in, hold, four seconds out hold so a very yep. simple technique and you just yep. keep going round and round you might do a few minutes of it and these um breathing techniques don't take a lot of time and that's geez, i love work. sharing yeah. them yeah, because yeah, people often say to me in um in sessions oh i don't have time for resilience i don't have time for self-care and i'm like 
well, you know, you are breathing anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this doesn't actually take a lot of time. And yeah, yeah. You know, likewise, putting on some music, you know, a three-minute yes. track Love and then it. moving your body to it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's like a double whammy, you yeah. know. Yeah. Great for state changing. Well, Leanne's a big fan of Britney Spears. And, oh, really? <laughs> in her convertible. Great. Is there a go-to music for you? Uh, I've got this good vibe playlist yeah. and uh, some of uh, the artists or songs on there are Staying Alive by oh, the yes. Bee Gees. Yep. I love that song. Yep. Um, I Was Made for Loving You uh, by... Uh, Kiss. Yeah. By Kiss, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then things like Happy and yeah. like yeah. Williams. Oh, I love like it. Yeah, yeah. On sunshine. Yeah, so, music has um, such a powerful effect, doesn't it? They're so great. They're yeah. really good for changing state fairly yeah. quickly. Yeah. I, I actually listen to a very different genre of music um, called psychedelic trance. So it's oh, not, wow. not not everyone knows about you that. Raver you favorite music. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, call you a raver. Well, yeah, that's probably what people associate it with. But yeah. it's just, um, it makes me happy. Yeah. It's so funny because, yeah. you know, I, I actually used to go to raves in London. And um, and then when I met my partner, we had lots of uh, common CDs. It was kind yeah. of amazing. That's so you know, cool. Yeah. The White Stripes and Wolf Mother and yeah. Monkeys, lots of commonality. Yeah, yeah. And he introduced me to psychedelic trance, and then it was yeah. like I liked it as much, if not yeah. more. He'd come home from work, and I'd have this psychedelic trance <laughs> cranked right up, and he'd be like, oh, "The neighbors, the neighbors." Yeah. <laughs> but ah, it the makes moment. me happy. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. I'm actually a big fan of jazz as well. That. I don't know what it is, whether it's the ADHD brain or whatever it is, but the oh, jazz really helps me get back yeah. on track and focus. Um, right. Yeah, Art Pepper is my, my favourite guy from the Harry Bosch TV series. But, um, All right, nice. Yeah, psychedelic trance, I'm going to add that to the list just to, to <laughs> have a listen. Yeah, look, I don't think yeah. it is for everybody, but it really does work for me. Yeah, that, and that's what it's all about right it's it's really? about finding the thing that works for you whether it's jazz yeah. or psychedelic or heavy metal death metal whatever it is yeah. it all yeah. has a powerful effect on joy. Yeah, yeah yeah sparking joy absolutely that's um totally. that's fantastic okay so yeah. you are in the the field of promoting mental health and yes. open conversations with your mental health first aid yeah. uh, instruction yeah. that you do you're a master trainer there Yep. How outside of that or even during that, I, I, I'm mm. open to any any advice that you have. How do you yeah. promote open conversations to, to, to foster those open conversations about mental health with um, yeah. within your personal circles, but even the, the clients that you deal with yeah, on a day-to-day -day basis? Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I feel like um, it's something I do all the time because it's just yep. sort of, you know, who I am. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I wear a trademark shirt often. I definitely wear a trademark shirt. <laughs> we love the shirt, trademark boys. <laughs> nothing like it, hey. So yep. this is a conversation yep. starter. It yep. absolutely does start conversations awesome. wherever I go. So I love yeah, wearing those. Um, and then, like, I just have a sort of habit. Like, like I'm a bit of a deep sort of thinker and a bit of a deep talker i'm not so yeah. great with like small talk right and yeah. so yeah. like on the bike i'm you know i'm i'm the person saying so how was your week and yeah. you know yeah. what was the highlight of the week or yeah. what are you looking forward to this year and it's so funny because people are often a bit like whoa 
like oh, and sometimes people are like oh I, I don't know I'm gonna think about that and <laughs> and That's so it's funny, like um, you know, we ride in a pack. You you probably know, but you we love move the pack. Around. The mental we health move, pack. We love yeah, it. Love the pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we move around while we're cycling, and so then they'll come around next to me again, and they go, "Oh, I know what it was." Yeah. And so uh, this happened, and you know, and for some people, it's like getting to Friday or you know, getting out on the bike, but. Yeah. I love asking those questions because it is really easy to not sort of um, to not stop and actually sort of reflect and you know focus on what's good and so yeah, yeah I, I do that a lot and I would say that I'm you know I've got a pretty good radar when people are struggling and I, I'm certainly not afraid of having conversations yeah. um, I I like that I, I've uh, asked lots of family and friends about their mental health. I've asked a lot of people yeah. if having thoughts of suicide. I'm very comfortable with that question because yeah. I know it saves lives and, yeah, and because yeah. I think it's possible to become uh, comfortable with it. And, in fact, I think it's necessary if we want to create safer communities. Yeah. I think we have to take the fear out of that question. You know, it's just, um, oh, you know, I'll yeah, probably like share with you um, soon that, you know, I had – I had a bit of a challenge again last year, quite unexpectedly. And I remember my sort of cosy business partner friend asking if I was suicidal. And she could have been asking, do you want eggs with your breakfast? Or like, yeah, yeah. so yeah. beautifully done, right? And that's, I think that we can all develop the skills to yeah. ask that question, take the fear out of it. Absolutely. And I think you're touching on something really good here that it's one of the things that, that I've got in my workplace sessions as well is the word suicide doesn't necessarily promote it to somebody and and I think that's a really big thing that you've just touched on the word suicide yeah. isn't really a dirty word and and no. even that phrase of committing suicide well it's not a crime it may be in 23 24 countries that for religious purposes yes. but but generally suicide is not a dirty word it's it, it's an actual thing that we need to talk about more and you've absolutely yes explain that beautifully just then so thank you well thank you I to think your it's business really <laughs> hard I think it's really hard to like address the challenges we've got while there's still this sort of like inability to communicate yeah. about it you know yeah I think you're spot on there absolutely and and on that how do you encourage help seeking behavior like if there is particularly guys that are, are notorious at not talking about their their feelings uh, yeah. How do you encourage help-seeking behaviour? Mm. So, uh, like, just trying to take some fear out of it and, yeah. and talk about the the fact that, you know, we don't actually have to feel bad, like, you know, that there is another way and that getting the right treatment, which could be a bit of experimentation, yeah, uh, can actually lead to us feeling sort of well and thriving and, and bring more joy into our lives. Um I think my experiences have sort of taught me or led to me having the view that 
every single one of us has a birthright to feel well and to live a fulfilling life and we shouldn't stop till we actually get that at least yeah, for absolutely. the majority of our days yeah. like nobody's going to feel happy every day of course yeah. not you know yeah. we're humans and we're going to have ups and downs shite is going to happen in our lives sometimes <laughs> right yeah. it's inevitable um but i do think that we should be able to feel well the majority of our days yeah absolutely i think you're spot on there that's um that's fantastic so future plans for you you obviously are in mental health advocacy you're very big with uh mental health for men you're very engaged in the men's mental health community and i'd love you to talk more about some of these yeah these yeah 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 yeah, absolutely and you organize uh, a breakfast regularly for getting people from all walks of life into the city. You've had Darius Boyd, the or Darius Boyd, the ex Brisbane Broncos, Queensland legend, and yes. so that's a big focus for you. Can you tell yes. me more about what you plan to do in that yes. space and how you're going to grow it? Yeah, cool. So I'm not sure about the breakfast. I'm not sure if that might be somebody else because I'm not regularly. Oh, there we go. I thought you were doing a breakfast last year. Or a lunch? So, Is it lunch or I do a lot of different stuff, but no, I was I I definitely uh, was. There was um, an event that we were all you were organising, and uh, tickets were like twenty dollars. Oh gosh, <laughs> am I forgetting <laughs> something I did last year? It's highly possible it was. A you were going to have Darius Boyd there, because oh, I was going to have him at the men's um, men's mental health event. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I mean. That was that a breakfast? Yeah. I thought that was a breakfast. No, oh. and um, like an evening event. Oh, okay. I thought it was a breakfast. There you go. No, oh, no. All good, all good. Mm. But that's one of the plans for this year. Yep. So yeah. uh, probably around May, uh, men's mental health event, yeah. uh, most likely Northwest Brisbane. We've had them in the past at the Arana Leagues Club. So yeah. uh, probably Darius will be involved with that. Him and I have had some preliminary conversations about that. So I really do have a passion for men's men's health, men's mental health. Um, I'm not exactly sure where that comes from. It's funny, I've always worked in male-dominated industries. So my background was sort of like mining, um, engineering, like geology, which I guess is mining. Um, And then, you know, 16 and a half years in the energy sector, so electricity. So I've always been around males. I've always really enjoyed working with males and you know, sometimes I, I think it can be difficult to be a male in today's yeah. world because I think, you know, expectations of men have changed. You know, more women are working and are looking for sort of like an equal partner. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I think um, it can be a bit confusing for men around their roles because it yeah. has changed. Absolutely. and. Yeah. I think society's expectations overall has changed. And and then, you know, we've obviously had some men, you know, in our society that have been outed for doing the wrong thing. And, you know, for me, it's like, well, they were those men and that's not men generally. There are so many amazing men in the world. But, you know, as I understand it, sometimes I think men can feel a bit blamed for that sort of stuff and that's definitely not how I see it. And and I just, I really like men and I really um, am conscious that, you know, 
a lot of men in Australia die by suicide every year and I yeah. just don't want to see that happen. And yeah. I just think it's so important that we normalise conversations about deeper topics and and that men understand that help-seeking is, is a great idea yeah. and, yeah. you know, that we don't have to feel bad, that, you know, mental health problems can be um, addressed and treated yeah. and, yeah, and then they can get back on track. So, yeah, I do have yeah. a bit of a sort of passion for men's yeah. health. Yeah, no, that's great. And if, you know, from what you've seen in your, now I'm probably going off topic a little bit, but in terms yeah. of your, your circles with your, your mental health advocacy with men, has there been anything that's really stood out as a way that you find makes it easier for, for men to talk about it? Is it mm. like an online chat like Beyond Blue do or is it like a, a, a men's group that they may have at the footy or something? You know, is there something yeah. there that you just think, oh, actually I see that helping men a bit more or? Yeah, look, I don't think there's just one solution that's working yeah, great, yeah. Nick. You know, I yeah. love what you do with the walk. I see more <laughs> of that sort of thing happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fabulous because, you know, what we know is that, you know, many of our men and boys, um, they're not going to want to sort of sit down in a real sort of like, you know, direct eye contact, formal sort of experience. They're more yeah. inclined to talk while, you, while you're yeah. next to them, you yeah, know, yeah, whether absolutely. driving or The campfire is a perfect example. Yeah, your focus is on the fire and not on each yeah. other. You're, you're looking at the fire and talking about your yes. issues. So, yeah, yeah that, you make a really good point. That eye contact is probably not something blokes are good at. Yeah. And so, I, like, I love all that. And I, it warms my heart that there's more and more happening in this space. You yeah. know, there's more available to men. There's more conversations happening. Yeah. There's so many great yeah. men yeah. doing great work, you know, mm. like obviously you're an example of that. Justin Gange is a, a gentleman in my network who I've just got like so much like respect for. He does yep. um, amazing poetry. He shares from his lived experience. He's yeah. such an incredible role model for Good. men. You know, Darius Boyd, another fantastic example. Yeah. Um, I love men leading the way. So even when I do my men's um, mental health events, I, I'm actually in the background. I don't even speak on that night. Right? Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah, no, because yep. I I really like men for men, you know. <laughs> I just think I, I'm happy to be the sort of person that helps bring it together, but I actually think men need to hear from each other, not from me, you yep. know. Yeah. I'm not from women. So yeah. um yeah, I, I love that. And yeah, like I said, just a lot more options for men, which I think is super positive. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Well, I guess from my own experience, the people that have helped me the most have actually been women when I've been in my yep darkest most awful excrement pools uh so that yeah i, I guess we need to bridge that gap and, and get yeah. like i call it the battle of the sexes talking better and yeah you, you raise some really good points so so that's fantastic thank you uh, yeah. so future yeah. plans for you what's what's next on the radar for you yeah. in that mental health space and men's mental health yeah so yeah that that event will be a key thing this year yeah. and then um, just looking to, you know, I, I guess continue building mentally wealthy so that, yeah. you know, I can reach more people. What I'd like to do is, you know, when I work with organisations, um, be able to support them in a number of different ways rather than sort of come in and be a flash in the pan in the yeah. business. I really want like to be able to... 
help them to make cultural change which take it's going to always be more than a two-hour session hey it's actually needs to have multiple touch points you know needs to sort of um zero in on a number of different sort of like levels and you know types of employees so um you know i think um yeah, doing more of that would be good. Yeah. I actually became a mental health first aid youth instructor last year. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what I'd love to do sometime this year is the teen course, the mental health yeah. first aid yeah. teen course. So getting the youth course was part of that journey. So that yeah. allows me to train uh, you know, people who work with youth, teachers, okay. youth group leaders, that sort Parents of thing. As well. What's that? Is it parents as well that you? Ah, uh, yeah, you yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It could yeah. be parents. Uh, so people interact with young people. So it teaches them to, you know, be able to identify signs and um, be able to support uh, somebody who's struggling, just like adult mental health first aid. Yeah. But what really excites me is the prospect of doing a teen course because in that course you teach young people to support their friends in a four-hour course. Oh wow! Okay. Yep. I know, right? So the way I see it is, you know, young people are turning to their peers for help, um, but these are really young and inexperienced humans and I really don't feel like they're equipped for these conversations. And I think back to my own experience when I was probably about 15, 14, 15, and I became my best friend uh, at the time, who's still in my life, said, I, when I look in the mirror, I see a fat person. And I was just like, whoa. And, and, you know, I was just this young person. And and I went, oh, my gosh, if you think you're fat, what do you think of me? And she (laughs) said, I just think you've got an opposite. You've got fat knees, chubby knees, chubby (laughs) knees. So we were just doing great for each other's mental health, yeah. clearly. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that it stuck with me for 40 years, gosh. Yeah. Um, but do you know what she said to me? Don't tell anyone. You must promise, don't tell anyone. And, you know, luckily she's well. She came out of that okay and everything. But yeah. I'm just like that swearing your friends to secrecy. And, like, and I didn't tell anyone because she was my best friend, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I just think we need to help our young people know that yeah. we have to look after each other. And sometimes we need to say to our friend, no, we've got to get you help because yeah. I love you, you know. <laughs> and so I'd really like, I don't see it being like a major part of my work, but definitely something that I do because I feel passionate about it. And I feel like we need to start with our young people, right? Because we know that mental illness, like, you know, it starts very young yeah. and, yeah. The more skills, the earlier we can get get these skills to people, the better. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think social media helps them either. Okay, mm. so wrapping things up, if yeah. someone wants to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you, whether they're a business or an individual? Yeah, how can sure. I How can I reach out and contact you? Yeah, so I, I guess the best avenues would be um, email, so Donna at Mentally Wealthy, Oof. which is yep. play on words. So I it's love that. At, Mentally, M E N T A W L Y, and then it's W E L L. Love it. Love that. That is awesome. So, yeah, that's the best one. You've got to go to the website as well. 
uh, com. You're on social you. media with your Facebook and yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah, so I'm you're on Facebook and LinkedIn. Yep. Absolutely. And yep. I'm quite active on both of those. So on yep. Facebook, I have a sort of public page, Donna Thistlethwaite. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I don't know. If people were interested, they could check out the Australian, Australian Story episode that yes, was recorded. Yes, on ABC, yeah. yep. Yeah, about my journey. So, you know, that aired in 2017. And I know many people have found it helpful. And it really is a, a story of hope. And they did a yep. wonderful job with it. So if anyone was interested in that, you can yep. uh, just uh, go yeah, to... Yeah, I'll put that in my um, my notes as well. In the show notes, yeah. yeah. So it's just basically a bitly link. So it's yep. um, bit.ly and then a um, slash... Yep. Uh, OZ story, yep. S-T-O-R-Y. Fantastic. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. I'll oh, shoot awesome. that to you on an email as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, excellent. Great. Well, I am. Um, yeah, good thing I'm. Yeah, I'm just blown away by um by by your story today, but also your your amazing insights. So I'm just so glad that I finally got you on the show, and <laughs> you've got so much to share in both you know the mental health community, but also men's mental health as well. So. That's what the, the show is all about. So I really appreciate yeah, you yeah. you coming on. Is there anything, any final takeaway that you want to leave with us other than strange story? Yeah. No, look, I think, Nick, just if anyone out there finds themselves struggling, reach out to somebody. Reach yeah. out. Um, yeah. It's so important that we get out of our head. And what I guess I didn't share, and I'll just uh, say this pretty quickly, but yeah. in uh, – what was last year, 2023, I experienced another uh, sort of really serious mental health crisis and yeah. uh, was suicidal for some of that. And I never expected to find myself in that situation again because yeah. this is the work I do because I have great resilience uh, tools. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess I have a vulnerability to it and I have to accept that. But uh, it was a very, very different sort of experience uh, this time because I reached out for help, yeah. you know. It yep. wasn't about hiding that I was failing or that I had those stories in my head. It was reaching out to people saying, yep. I'm really struggling. It was getting in to get some professional help. And, yep. yeah, it was a very intense nine weeks of my life. Yeah, felt okay. very long. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, again, it's like life is great. You know, it's after I came out of that point, you know, things have been, yeah, like as good as they've ever been and even better. Yeah. But you only get to experience that if you hang around. And, you know, one of my favourite um, sayings is suicide is a permanent solution to what's generally a temporary problem. Oh, beautiful. And, yep. Yeah. It's about keeping people alive during that danger period because yep. Yep. life will change, you know, good days will come again. It's the very nature of life. It's the cycle of nature, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, this has just been awesome. So I'm, I'm just so grateful for you, but also for your time today in, in coming on the show. So um, I think we'll wrap up the rooftop bar here and, um, <laughs> and, and just, uh, yeah, just super grateful for you, Donna, and, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, to catching up with you for that men's mental health event, uh, not yeah, a breakfast. And yes. we will uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go from there. So let's step in. Nick, the I just want to yeah. say too, like, um, thank you for all that you're doing. Oh, like, it, you. it's great, especially I, I'm – just have so much respect for men leading this stuff so you know yeah. just kudos to you mate oh thank you and as you said there's other other blokes out there that are 
and being more vulnerable and more open about it. And no you know, more. One of the many, oh, they're yeah. generally being more than men used to be. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think that's so uh, good. That's a very big superpower to have is to, to yes, have that element of, of vulnerability. So, yeah, right. no, thank you. All right, let's jump in the elevator and get off this rooftop bar. Cool. <laughs> oh, there it is. And Donna has left the Men O'Clock Towers. How good was that? Absolutely blown away with that. That was absolutely exceptional. Very grateful to Donna coming on the show. It's important that we mention to contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 if anything that we've just talked about has potentially triggered anything. There are great people there to talk to. From personal experience, Lifeline is fantastic when you're in a a dark space, but also you've got Beyond Blue on 1300 36 and they're probably my, my top two. Thank you to Donna, as I've said, and she's got a few events lined up this year that I will talk about on the show as we get on. And next week, we have, wait for it, we have ourselves another pilot. I know, I know people are going to be thinking, what the hell? is going on with having another pilot. Oh, excellent. Someone's excited. That's good. He has a remarkable story from his time flying a helicopter in a war zone and his own experience with mental health. He's got a great story to share. I've heard him speak in person and also I have heard him over a coffee and a remarkable man wonderful soul. I'm looking forward to having him on the show for episode eight of the Bed O'Clock show and very, very excited. So, oh, crowd's got excited. There we go. Oh, the air horn's back. But that's it for this week. I am very grateful to Donna for her time in coming on the show and talking about and being super, super vulnerable about her lived experience with mental illness or common mental illness and what a remarkable story that was. So please check her out on LinkedIn, Facebook or online and you've got the ABC Australian story as well to have a look and see that story. Uh, to me, it's the equivalent of um, almost getting a medal is being on Australian story. It's a, it's a remarkable program by the ABC and uh, she says a, a wonderful story. So I'm distracted looking at the helicopter starting up so as you can see thank you very much for listening this week and i'll see you next week with the pilot it's going to be great you might even fly the helicopter for us not the jet all right folks have a great week great month great night Whatever you're doing, enjoy it, stay safe, be good to yourself. And if you need it, reach out. There's always someone to talk to, including myself. Enjoy the music. Bye.